Thanks for listening to the Woodward Podcast Network. Check out more shows by searching for us on Spreaker or wherever you catch your podcasts. The Woodward Podcast Network with Krupka Dental Associates. Hello, this is Dr. John Krupka from Krupka Dental. We now have the Soleil Laser. You can have your fillings done without needles nor drills. We are a full-service dental office and always accepting new patients. To learn more about me and my friendly team, visit KrupkaDental.com. And we are back at 422 with more of Focus Fox Valley on WHBY. Talking today with Outagamie County Public Health and their WIC supervisor, because as we know, during the coronavirus pandemic, uh, this WIC program in our community really hasn't stopped helping families in need. So what is the current need like for families? And what, again, do we need to know about utilizing WIC's services right now if you find yourself in need. We're talking with Beth Schalk. She is the WIC supervisor again with Outagamie County Public Health and she joins us on the Settlers Bank phone lines. Hi Beth, how are you? Good, how are you? Doing well. It's great to connect with you once again and uh, I'm used to our monthly chats and we've just clearly moved to the phone lines. Yeah, still great to be able to connect monthly and do something normal for once in a while. Yes, normalcy is something that is is nice to get back to a little bit. So what can you tell us, Beth, right now about, I guess, the current status of the WIC program um, in Outagamie County and, and how things are kind of operating right now? Yeah, so in Outagamie County, as well as the other two WIC programs in the Fox Valley area, we are all still functioning um, as normal as we can um, out of our total elements in there. So we are still um enrolling people. We are still issuing benefits. We are still doing what we would normally do to help the community um, in our state. So really focusing on um, encouraging and promoting the social distancing. Um, All of our appointments are being done remotely. So um, for our agency, I'm in the office with one other um, staff who helps manage the phones. Um, And all of my nutritionists are actually working remotely from home. So they've had to learn how to um, set up a quick home office as well as carry on, and they are doing amazing work out there. Um, the other two agencies are also doing remote WIC certs. Um, and really this is to protect our participants, to protect our staff, as well as protecting the community to keep us all safe while still getting the services that we need. Beth, can you remind our audience who WIC helps Yeah, absolutely. So WIC is a supplemental nutrition program for women, infants, and children. Um, So really basically anyone, women that are pregnant, breastfeeding, or recently delivered. Um, We provide supplemental foods basically through a nutrition education program. So that is one thing that's a little bit different from the SNAP program um, is that our foods do have nutritional guidelines that we follow um, and really encouraging families that are using their um, SNAP, which is a Supplemental Nutrition Assistance Program or Food Share, better known as, um, to use their SNAP benefits to complement their WIC benefits in purchasing foods like meats and additional produce and foods that are not WIC approved. Um, the, um, there is an income guideline, so essentially if women qualify for Badger Care, Food Share, W-2, or families, I should say, um, they would qualify for WIC also. Um, and including foster parents, grandparents, anyone that would. So with the um, COVID-19 situation, we understand that families may be losing income, getting laid off, furloughed, 
Um, so we are also looking at the future income. So if you know that you are not going to be working in a month, we would look at that to qualify families for our services. Wow. So because of those situations, Beth, uh, maybe loss of employment, being furloughed, are you seeing uh, an increase in need or inquiry to the WIC program right now? Yes, we are seeing an increase, um, not only from new people that have never been on before, but people who may have fallen off the program, realizing that we are still here to help them. So we're re-enrolling a lot of families, um, getting a lot of, getting quite a few families that are calling to inquire, and many times they do qualify. Um, so we're seeing a little increase with that, not significant, that was kind of overloading us, but we are seeing where we have to squeeze in some extra people into our schedule of our day. Um, but that's what we're doing to, to help the community and get the services that are needed to those most in need. Talking with Beth Schalk, she's the WIC supervisor with Outagamie County Public Health. So, so Beth, if a family is finding themselves in need right now, uh, how do they go about uh, contacting you and, and maybe getting on board with WIC? So the best way to contact us is to call our phone number. Um, so at Outagamie County, we're at 920-832-5109. We have updated our Outagamie County backslash WIC website to give you pretty much all the information you would need is right there on that page, watching videos of how to use the WIC benefits and what you would be getting. Um, and then they can also visit our um, follow or visit our public health website also. Um, Winnebago County, they have two offices. Oshkosh would be 920 their Nina office would be 920-729-2945, and Calumet is at 920-849-1420. And we will put these phone numbers up on whby.com as well. Beth, I, I've seen a couple of Facebook posts uh, or social media posts in the last couple of weeks, really thoughtful uh, posts actually, posting the WIC logo or sticker that you will see in the grocery store and, and putting a uh, disclaimer out there saying, hey folks, if you're out shopping, maybe avoid these foods that have the WIC designation as they're for families in need. Have you have you seen or, or heard of this post going around and do you agree with it? Yeah, we have seen, we have seen the post going around. Um, we don't, it's kind of one of those just be considerate as we've kind of been putting out the message that's out there when you are shopping of being considerate and there's no reason to be hoarding. Um, WIC benefits are available periodically throughout the month, and I don't know if you've seen that one too. There is a WIC, there is a um, social media post of saying don't shop between the first and the third because that's when WIC benefits are loaded. So that is one that our WIC benefits are loaded periodically throughout the month for participants, and they're good for 30 days. So um, when we look at the foods that are available, there's no need to avoid purchasing the WIC-approved foods. We just say be considerate, as we would for most things during this time. Um, if you don't need to purchase them, you know, if there's another option you could choose, that is great. If it's an item you would normally purchase, um, purchase what you would need for a week or two weeks to get you through to your next shopping outing. But um, Really, we want to just make sure that people are being responsible shoppers. So it's great that there's people out there thinking this way um, with it. We have included some expanded foods since we do know that um, some foods, that there might be a shortage. So breads um, is usually a big one of the WIC-approved foods. They've expanded the food list for that. Um, 
But as far as avoiding those foods altogether, um, I wouldn't encourage people to avoid them because um, I have heard people say, well, I choose foods that say they're WIC approved just because I know they're more nutritious than some others um, because we do have nutrition standards that our foods will follow. So just being considerate. That's really interesting to hear from you because, again, I think it comes from a, a place of thoughtfulness and kindness and people just look, wanting to look out for their neighbors. And uh, thank you for providing a little context to that as well as, as we are all navigating our grocery stores right now. Uh, so I guess, Beth, uh, we've got a couple minutes here, but what is your most important message for, for maybe WIC families right now or, or families who are thinking, I need a little bit of help right now? Yeah, and really remembering that WIC is here for you. Um, WIC is more than just a food program. WIC is nutrition education. We are also connected with a lot of the community resources and referrals. So we understand and we're keeping on top of how we can connect you to other programs that you may need, um, as well as, you know, looking at that social support. You know, sometimes it's just really good to connect with someone. So WIC is here for you. Our food, our food source and our food system is safe and secure. Um, we just have to give our grocers, who are doing an amazing job at keeping stores safe and clean, um, time right. to restock those shelves. So um, if you can't go, if you can't find something at one time, you know, shopping earlier in the morning, um, we found that some people are saying they're shopping middle of the week because weekends are sometimes a little more busy and a little more depleted in there. So um, just... You know, as far as WIC goes, we are here for you. We are here for the community. If you are in need, we are here to help you. Um, and we're just trying to keep everyone healthy and happy as we can get through this. Beth Schalk, the WIC supervisor with Outagamie County Public Health. Again, you can give them a call in Outagamie County, 920-832-5109. We will also post the numbers for uh, surrounding communities. But Beth, great to hear from you once again, and we'll check back with you next month. All right. Take care. Stay safe. Stay healthy. Thank you, Beth. Be well. We are back with more of Focus Fox Valley here on WHBY, Real Local Radio, and a focus on the YMCA of the Fox Cities and learning how they are still connecting with their community, even though those doors might be closed. Bill Brider joins us. He is the president and CEO of the YMCA of the Fox Cities. He joins us on our Settlers Bank phone lines. Good afternoon, Bill. Welcome back. Good afternoon. Thank you very much. It's my pleasure. Glad to hear from you. How are you doing? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. It's uh, been a difficult journey like all of us, uh, but uh, there have been some great bright spots and heartwarming stories along the way as well. So uh, doing very well. Thank you. Yeah, I might pick your brain about those in just a bit. But first, looking to uh, just get an update for our listeners of what's kind of happening at the YMCA of the Fox Cities right now and, and how you and your team are all doing. Sure. The, the team is doing great. We are blessed to have a tremendous uh, leadership team and staff team, as well as great, great volunteers at the YMCA. But uh, once we knew that canceling our programs and closing our facilities uh, were in the best interest of our community, we quickly made the decision to pivot and deploy our resources to meet an immediate need in our community, and that was to provide child care services to children of parents uh, from our healthcare community and other emergency and essential personnel. So uh, that was kind of the, the, the big change for us. Currently, we are offering care to about 150 children at three of our centers, and 
that's about 40% capacity. So we still have some room for uh, parents that uh, need care for their children at this time. Yeah, that was one thing that we t- spoke about just a few weeks about, weeks ago about uh, those essential workers still being able to utilize the child care. So does that is that kind of the bright spot right now for you that yet you're still able to help families? Absolutely. That you know we are the largest child care provider in the Fox Cities uh, during during normal times and on these uh, unprecedented and uncertain times. We wanted to make sure that we stepped up and, and provided those. Uh, uh, families that needed care the most. And still uh, some openings. I'm guessing that folks can visit the YMCA website uh, for more details, Bill. Yeah, uh, yes, and we also have a, a, what we're calling a hotline for, uh, uh, for child care services, and that number is 920-702-2315. Amy Olson is our person that's handling that for all of our child care centers. Fantastic. I know that you have also really been great at, at connecting virtually uh, with your with your members and with the community, posting some fun videos on, on social media, for example, or sharing workout ideas. So how important is it to continue those virtual connections uh, with folks? It's extremely important. And we are getting videos from a number of our members that are utilizing those services. And it's been fun to watch them uh, staying active and Really, it's, it goes beyond our members. Our community members can access our website and access those virtual wellness opportunities as well. Uh, we have what we call Y360. We have Y-Track and, and then speci- uh, several offerings through MOSA, which is our group exercise platform. Uh, we're also doing dance lessons virtually and have some great mindfulness activities on our website as well. And how can people go about utilizing those opportunities? Yep, it's right on our website, ymcafoxcities.org, and you'll see a link to any of those virtual virtual options that we have available right now. Uh, We're also making making phone calls to all of our members, uh, starting with our active older adults to see how they are doing uh, and what we can do to help and getting some tremendous feedback from our members, just telling them they missed the YMCA and they can't wait for the, the day that we can reopen our doors. I think that's a really important point, Bill. We know that there are several, uh, we'll call them uh, groups of friends who meet every day at the Y to connect, to talk, to have a cup of coffee, to to exercise together, uh, and to know that you are still making efforts to uh, connect with them. Uh, that's That's encouraging, and you've heard good feedback from them as well. Yes, we have. And this really goes against everything the YMC is about. We're really about connecting and bringing people together. So it's been a a fairly significant change of pace for us. But we're doing what we can to try to keep people active and people connected uh, virtually and uh, until that day comes that, that, that we can welcome them back into the YMCA. You know, and I, I hear story of, stories of this, though, Bill, around the community. I actually just a couple weeks ago had uh, two neighbors join me on the show. They were doing a community workout uh, from the social distancing uh, of, of their driveways, doing a workout together. And, and through the whole entire neighborhood, they probably had almost every house on the block participating of every age. And people are finding ways, I think, to fit fitness in and to still connect in these times. Yes, Absolutely. 
We're talking with Bill Brighter. He is the president and CEO of the YMCA of the Fox Cities. And Bill, I want to ask you about uh, a very kind, but a little bit of a warning message that was posted on Facebook about the Purdy Preserve Trails at the Apple Creek YMCA. Uh, just reminding users of the rules for those trails. Of course, uh, we learned a couple weeks, a week ago, that Governor Ebers uh, had the closure of 40 state parks. Uh, so what is the status of those trails right now? Have you noticed folks maybe respecting that space a little bit more since your kind uh, message was posted? Yes, the, the trails have been busy, but not overcrowded. We want people to stay active and hiking and running and being in nature is such a nice way to stay active. Uh, but we also want to abide by social distancing and, uh, and, and avoiding crowds and we also want to make sure that the, the uh, preserve stays clean, and uh, thus far, our participants have been fantastic. Uh, our uh, Jill Rasmussen, our executive director, just shared with me a little bit ago that she has been on the preserve several times and has not had to pick up one piece of garbage, so people are definitely respecting uh, the, the rules on the preserve. It's been great. That is so encouraging, Bill. I'm, I'm very happy to hear that uh, because they're beautiful trails. And if you can get a moment to escape to them right now, it, it sure is a wonderful experience. I want to finally talk to you, Bill, a little bit about, uh, I guess, the financial future. I know that you've created the COVID-19 Relief Fund to support the Y through this time and to get things you know, back up and running you know, whenever that may be. So what can you tell us maybe perhaps about the status of that fund uh, the COVID-19 relief fund for the Y. Absolutely. Thank you for asking, Haley. We, you know, the YMCA is funded through three main focus areas, program, membership, and contributions. Uh, obviously, we have canceled all programs other than our child care centers. Uh, we, uh, about 50% of our members have retained their membership to this point and are continuing to pay uh, they're bank draft, even though our facilities are not open, which is wonderful. And so the other area is the uh, financial development area. And we would be in the midst of our annual campaign at this time. We had over 100 ambassadors trained to go out and raise funds for our annual campaign. Uh, and we're not able to do that at this time. So the, the uh, COVID-19 fund is doing one of two things. It's, it's replacing some of the annual campaign calls, but it's also subsidizing our child care centers that uh, right now, uh, because of the, the, the low ratios that we have uh, during this time period, are, are needing to be subsidized. So the fund right now has raised about $54,000 in our first couple of weeks. Uh, but even more important than that is the number of community members that have decided to keep their membership uh, during this time because they want to make sure that the YMCA opens in a position of strength when we're ready to reopen. So, you know, I, I'm always impressed and sometimes overwhelmed by our Fox Cities community, and I think this is just another way that, uh, that our community has stepped up in, in such a big way. That's, that's great to hear, Bill. Are you kind of making some plans or, or rolling out ideas for, for when the Y does open? And if, if you are maybe uh, looking a little bit lower in numbers than you would in the previous year? Yes, we, you know, we have a, a task force that's looking at a number of different things uh, around reopening, uh, what our facilities will look like and how many people can use the facilities at one time. You know, our programs, especially our group exercise classes, what are we going to, uh, you know, is there going to be restrictions there? We're even looking at the, place, the placement of our equipment in our rooms to make sure there's 
there's space between equipment uh, and even looking at some of our services like laundry service and uh, our our goal is to, as I mentioned, open an, a position of strength, but also as a safe place for our staff and for our members. So we're looking at every every aspect of our operations moving forward right now. Some we we know will be dictated by uh, the governor, uh, and uh, and others we will make sure that we're even more proactive on uh, because of the number of people of all ages that use our facilities. Bill Breider, the president and CEO of the YMCA of the Fox Cities. Bill, so uh, uh, encouraged by your words today. And uh, I know that a lot of families and, and individuals are, are missing their their YMCA time during the week, but uh, we are safer at home. And it's, again, encouraging to hear how you are continuing to connect with the community. Uh, Bill, if folks wanted to maybe give back to that COVID-19 relief fund or even continue their membership during this time, uh, the best way to get in touch with the Y. Sure, uh, both uh, for the COVID-19 fund and through membership, uh, you can go directly onto our website uh, and we will have, we have links there to uh, connect you with uh, either membership or financial development or the relief fund. Well, it is wonderful to hear from you once again, Bill, and we appreciate uh, you taking a few moments to share with us the latest at the Y. So thank you, Bill. You're very welcome. I appreciate the time. Be well. And welcome back to Focus Fox Valley 520. The time on this Wednesday, we are smack dab in the middle of Wisconsin's tornado and severe weather awareness week, learning how to keep our families safe when the weather turns severe. We're joined today by Kira Jesse. She is a meteorologist at the National Weather Service in Green Bay. She's on the Settler's Phone Bank lines for us, for us today. Hello to you, Kira. Hi, Haley. How are you? I'm doing okay. How are you hanging in there? Oh, I'm great. Fantastic. Well, we are uh, in the middle of, uh, of course, Tornado and Severe Weather Awareness Week. And uh, I'm sure that you've got a lot of information to share with us in regards to, to what we need to know about this week and moving forward with severe weather season. Yeah, absolutely. It is once again Tornado and Severe Weather Awareness Week. I know it seems maybe a little out of place talking about this right now, considering we just had um, some winter weather <laughs> earlier this weekend. Uh, but severe weather season is just right around the corner here, and uh, that means it's time to start talking um, severe thunderstorms, um, storms with tornadoes, and all those kinds of warnings and messages you might be seeing. Yes, so we're very familiar with, you know, Brad Spakowitz comes on every night here. He gives us our weather forecast, uh, of course, and sometimes there are watches or warnings uh, or, you know, obviously um future predictions of severe weather. So what do we need to know uh, that's gonna maybe kick into gear these next couple of months? Um, well, one of the things that often people get confused on is the different type of messaging you might see. So there's three different ones that um, are the main ones I'm gonna talk about. You'll see outlooks, you'll see watches, and then you'll see warnings. And sometimes a little bit of, there's a little bit of confusion on what each one might mean. So outlooks, they're issued by the Storm Prediction Center, actually. That, is, that covers the entire nation. That's down in Norman, Oklahoma. And those will kind of give you an idea of where the severe weather might be focused over the next few days, kind of to give you a heads up. 
Um, but that doesn't mean there's going to be something happening, you know, right now. Then you move on to watches. Those are um, issued by a combination of your local office for uh, the Fox Valley. That would be the Green Bay office and the Storm Prediction Center. And those let you know, hey, there's going to be severe weather in this general area in the next few hours. So uh, keep an eye on things. Make sure you have a way to receive warning information. And then if there is a warning issue, that means take cover now. If you see a severe thunderstorm warning or a tornado warning, that means you need to act now, get indoors, get to your basement if you have one, and really be ready to go. I remember last July, of course, we had some very severe storms move, move through the Fox Valley area. I was actually um, hunkered down in a Target dressing room with a bunch of shoppers. But one thing that was really yeah. great about that is, yes, we, got, we had a bunch of uh, alerts that came across all of our phones uh, to tell us about the inclement weather and the scary weather that was on the way. Um, yeah, I remember that. And I remember you um, texting me about that event. Um, I think this is around the same time as EAA, if I'm not mistaken. But um, yeah, everybody is obviously going to have different services and different messages that come to your phone. Um, we usually try to recommend like the FEMA app or, um, of course, if you're at home, if you have the NOAA weather radio. Um, one thing we try to not recommend is just to rely on those outdoor sirens. They're good if you're outdoors. Um, but there are different counties have different rules on what they what they found them for, and they also are not meant to be heard indoors. So having an app that gives you that alert is a good is a good way to go with these. Um, another thing that people sometimes get confused on is what makes a thunderstorm severe. So we do have official criteria, and that is hail larger than an inch, or winds that are 58 miles per hour or greater. And we have lots of ways to determine that with our radar and satellite technology if a storm does have those strong winds or is likely to producing hail larger than, than an inch. So when we meet those criteria, that's when the thunderstorm gets uh, up to severe. And of course, anytime we see rotation, you'll see the tornado warning. Kira, you mentioned uh, some apps just moments ago that folks might want to download to get those warnings. Uh, can you share those again with us? Um, yeah, it's well, there's the FEMA app. Uh, that's what we, we recommend for um, the alerts from the National Weather Service. Fantastic. All right, talking with Kira Jesse, she's a meteorologist at the National Weather Service in Green Bay, and it is Tornado and Severe Weather Awareness Week. So usually we're doing some drills this time of year to uh, remind ourselves of what to do when severe weather happens. So are there still drills that are happening this week? Um, yep, we are having a virtual virtual tornado drill tomorrow. Um, if you want to do it around 1.45, that is uh, the time we're saying everybody go uh, do their drill at 1.45. But really, you can take 15 minutes anytime throughout the day tomorrow to just practice your tornado and severe weather safety plan. Um, it's much more better in the moment if you know what you're going to do ahead of time. Uh, so talk with your family, organize your plan, know where you're going to go. There's uh, plenty of resources. You can just go to our website, weather.gov slash GRB or weather.gov slash safety, and you'll see lots of resources on how to uh, best prepare for severe weather, um, where to go, having those conversations. Um, also tomorrow, um, some local municipalities may be sounding their sirens um, for the virtual drill. Some may not be. It's kind of up to each individual 
uh, place to decide what they want to do with that. But you're sure to see lots of messages on social media from us and from some of our partners, just reminding you to practice your severe weather safety plan tomorrow. Yeah. How important is it to kind of go over that plan with your family or maybe to, even to talk to the kids about what could happen if there's severe weather on the way? You know, yeah. I mean, it's so important for one, especially when you talk about kids and even adults. I think sometimes just having a plan in mind kind of relieves some of the anxiety about severe weather. Um, just knowing what to do, how to stay safe and having a plan in place can help with that. It also makes your action a lot quicker. If you know this is what we're going to do, especially your kids, if they know if they maybe are outside and they hear a siren and they know how to come inside, um, or just having that discussion about it, um, you can act a lot quicker in the moment and get to your safe place. Talking with Kira Jesse with the National Weather Service in Green Bay. Kira, I know that uh, you depend on a lot of uh, weather spotters on the ground to help alert uh, you to weather conditions in the area. Do you have some more uh, trainings happening in the next couple of weeks for folks to take advantage of? Yeah, absolutely. We actually have a number of training options this year. Um, so we rely on people, like you said, to call in, give us the reports. If you're seeing hail, of course, don't go out. Wait till the thunderstorm has passed. Uh, but if you're seeing hail, if you have wind damage or if you spot a tornado, we really rely on those, those uh, reports to get some ground truth evidence to what happened. So if you go to our website, weather.gov slash GRB, or just Google Green Bay National Weather Service, it'll pop right up. Um, you'll see a link for updated spotter training right at the top under our news headlines. And from there, there's, there's a couple different options. You can take some modules that will be, allow you to become a certified storm spotter. We also have some live training sessions. Our next one's happening tomorrow at 6 o'clock uh, in the evening. And we have another one on April 25th and April 30th. So tune in live to see some uh, spotter training talks. And we also have a pre-recorded talk available uh, on our website as well that you can watch and and see what storm spotting is all about. I think that's a great way if you're ever someone who's going, why don't you ever report for my town or my, my location? You know, perhaps there's not a severe weather spotter <laughs> in your area. So maybe you can step up and, and be that person. That That is 100% true. Um, you know, we don't have a report, reporter on every single street. So you could be that person on that street or in your neighborhood that gives us the report that we may may have missed. Kira Jesse, again, with the National Weather Service today. Kira, what can we expect for tomorrow once again? And uh, what should we know in closing about Severe Weather Awareness Week? Well, just know that tomorrow is a good day to practice your severe weather plan. Uh, we have the statewide virtual tornado drill. You'll probably see lots of information about it. Um, I guess just in closing as well, people always, always think, you know, severe thunderstorms, not that, not that bad. And they kind of wait for the tornado um, to kind of be the, the, the go for them. Um, I guess I just have a quick trivia question for you, Haley. Straight line winds, are, can they be stronger than a tornado? Yes or no? I'm going to say yes. Absolutely. Straight line winds can be just as damaging, if not more damaging than, than a tornado. And really, an EF0 tornado is 65 to 85 mile per hour winds. Pretty um, mild damage as far as tornadoes go. And we have thunderstorms that can easily go 90, 100 mile per hour winds. We did last year during those July storms we were talking about, especially up in northern Wisconsin. Uh, we had a number of trees, a whole blowdown up there. So um, just be aware that straight line winds can be just as strong as a tornado. So really um, take that seriously and go to your safe place. 
Kira with the National Weather Service today with some great information on severe weather and Tornado Awareness Week in Wisconsin. Thank you for joining us, Kira, and we wish you and all your coworkers at the National Weather Service well. Thank you so much. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply.